the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona, which was a very exciting race. In fact, we got to go, which we're also going to be talking about our own experiences at the race, as well as getting our race fix done for the upcoming race at Darlington. The Cookout Southern 500. So to begin things, last Saturday was the Daytona race. It was the final race of the regular season. And I got to say, this race was a lot of fun and crazy. Yeah, it definitely did not disappoint. I was very worried going into Daytona because anything can happen at Daytona. And as we uh, saw in Jan- in um, February at the Daytona 500, we lost a bunch of cars early on in the race with a wreck. And so I was hoping that we would have a better race, and we did. It was a very exciting race. There was a lot of... Um, competitive driving and uh, different people moving up. So it was a really exciting race to watch, especially to be present for. And as you guys know, we're going to talk not only about the race, but we're going to talk about our experience there, which made it even more memorable. Uh, But before we do that, why don't one of you guys take us through the highlights of the race and then we can get into some of the storylines. So the race is pretty interesting. But I think we have to talk about the few dominant cars in the race. First of all, the most dominant car who led 37 laps for five times was Joey Logano. In fact, he won stage two and actually almost won the first one. But Chase Elliott ended up winning that, which he got the second most led laps. Who was He was probably the second most dominant car in the race. Speaking of dominant being a dominant car, I was e- extremely impressed. I mean, obviously, you know... Joey is a great driver, so it's not something that is like out of the blue. But just to show how dominant he was at the beginning of stage two, he was penalized because his uh, team was penalized for throwing equipment. And so he had to start at the rear and he drove all the way up to obviously win stage two. So clearly dominant, excellent driver, dominant driver, very good behind the wheel. So with Chase Elliott winning stage one and Joe Logano winning stage two, the race got really intense in stage three. After one caution in stage two, there were multiple um, wrecks in stage three. And it felt like deja vu because Ryan Blaney was the driver leading the late in the race and he ended up taking home the win in a crazy final three laps plus overtime yeah you just yeah. got to be in the right place at the right time and that's what he's been doing the last two weeks yeah so basically what happened i'm going to talk about the second to last wreck and then the final lap crash oh and then of course before that so before there was a martin Truks jr crash where he's wrecked and then got into reddick reddick was like smoking and that was very bad and then before that now this is a bit of a controversy so Chase is leading. Here comes Matty D. Matty D is in a must-win situation trying to make the playoffs. So he tries getting the lead. Hanlon pushes him. Chase tries to block. He turns him into the wall. And then the field just goes kablooey from there. So 
Did Chase wreck the field or did Maddie D wreck the field? Yeah, who's to blame? Mm -hmm. All right, so why don't you go first since you uh, started us down this path? All right, so let's go, uh, Maddie D. He got the blame. Chase Elliott was just racing. He's trying to go in at Daytona. It's Daytona. Win at Daytona special. And honestly, so he wanted to win, but Maddie D decided to wreck the whole field. So, Sebastian, I see you shaking your head no. I, I, I take it you don't agree. No, Chase Elliott is the one to blame for this. Matt Benedetto, A, he had a run, and two, he was being pushed in the back by Denny Hamlin. There was no way he was going to slow down and move out the way. So Chase Elliott had two options. He could have, A, moved down and let De Benedetto pass and then take advantage later and pass him again, or try to block him. He decided to go with the ladder and cost him the race. Gio? I have to agree with Sebastian there. It was Chase Elliott's fault for the wreck. Matty D, he was just trying he was trying to race clean and Elliott ended up blocking, which blocking is something that drivers normally do. Even Joy Logano does it. Kyle Bush. Any smart driver blocks, but I think Chase Elliott was just a little bit too aggressive and also after he he had taken himself out and Matty D, you could almost see he was kinda like pinning Matty D against the wall to like hold him up and I think that's just a little bit excessive, and it kind of shows Chase Elliott may not be the nicest of guys when he gets taken out in Daytona, even though he has multiple wins this season, mind you. He's mad. He want, He's hungry. He's hungry. I, I don't know what race you were watching, but I cannot... I, I, I Although, let's say this. Let's clarify for our audience. You are like the biggest Joey Logano fan, and, and Chase and Joey are a little bit of like rivals. Him. So let's just say that there might be a little bit of a bias. But no, I do not think that Chase Elliott, um, you know, had had done that to um, Matty D. Uh, and honestly, we all know that Matty D was very aggressive because he wanted to win. And so I feel like he knew this was a shot to get to the playoffs. And you know what? I, I just I don't know. I, I side with Tyler Johan. Or I, com- I completely disagree with you because. uh Matty D had a run. He had a run. And you can clearly see that Chase Elliott went in and blocked him. He threw the block and he was being put. He had a run because Hamlin was pushing him. So you can't you can't say that it was Matty D's fault when Matty D got blocked and then they got, you know, together. And then, like like Gio said, um, Chase Elliott was like shoving him into the wall. It's not like they even bounced off of each other. He like literally pinned them on the wall and they just kept riding the wall all the way. So no, I'm sorry. This is a chase. Chase is to blame for this one. Okay. On the riding on the wall thing, these guys are going almost 200 miles an hour. And so I don't think at that point, Chase was like, I'm not going to let him off the wall. That's just not who Chase is. I I just, He's I disagree. Well, why, I mean, why wouldn't he let him off the wall? I mean, had Chase got off the wall, he may have been able to continue in a better position. Yeah, but why would you do something like that to to damage your car in such a, a a track that you know aerodynamics plays such an important role? You do any damage to your car, you're you're shot. You're okay, done. Why would you throw a block with the possibility of getting into a wreck and ruining your chances? He could have just continued. He could have let De Benedetto go, get that run, and then pass him again because he did it. Matty D was leading. And then Chase came on the inside lane 
past him. And then that's when uh, Matty D got another run and he went to go block him. And they could have just raced it out. There was no reason for him to throw that block. I, I don't know. But Chase had no one to help him. He would have fell back. So would you rather possibly lose a chance at winning the race and you could be like sucked up and fall back to like you're in like up there in the top five and you could fall back outside the top 20. Chase is a, or Chase is a good enough risk driver. The race. He's a good enough driver to get up there and he's got help. He's got friends. It was short. Besides, if Dale Earnhardt can go from 20th to first in like two to three laps, Chase Elliott could have easily gotten back to the lead in one lap just by letting Matt Benedetto pass him. I think he was a little bit too aggressive and played too hard and ended up losing because of it. He was also kind of petty. That whole situation we're talking about where he um, kept shoving Benedetto into the wall, that felt like someone who was like, well, fine, if I'm not going to win, well, I might as well make sure that you don't. Yeah, I wanted to actually bring that up. That's kind of what I thought, too. You just, guys, so I, how would you I'm feel, sorry, Jimmy? I'm sorry, I'm like, sorry. I think you guys, look, you're going to blame him, but I do not think it was premeditated to the point where he's like, I'm going to take this guy out. That's just not who Chase is. You can have your opinions of of whoever, but that's then you need that's to. A little, I don't think any of us are saying that it was premeditated I, and that did he you was not going just to listen say, to what they were just saying. Well, that no, afterwards he's like, because gonna, afterwards oh, he like pinned him. You're going to tell me he couldn't turn his 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 steering wheel to the left a bit Dad, to get he off even of bounced D? off. Chase kind of bounced off when he got off the. I get that they're going the and really it went fast. back on them. The Benedetto. Again, do you guys realize how fast these cars are going? I get they're going really fast, and but you're going to tell me they don't know how to control their cars at high speeds? Of this course is what they, they do, do for a living. Of course they do. But again, you're saying that I don't I just don't think Chase was in the wrong. That's just it. But three of you guys do. Johan and I are in the minority on this. I mean, one, you're so. not known for being a Matty D fan, so. Well, Matty D is a hashtag. He was part of the Jimmy Johnson crash a year ago. All right, all right. Let's move on. So let's wrap up. Uh, basically, what happened? Take us through the last few laps of this race because it was it was very exciting. Yeah, stage so then, three was very exciting. So then the green flag w- drops. Busher and Blaney out are out front. Blaney's in front, and then the last lap comes. Swat is big run, and then so Swat has got caught up in the wreck earlier, and now it's coming back. Has a big run. Kurt's pushing him down the back stretch. Goes low. Kurt doesn't go with him. And this is coming into turn four. And instead, what Kurt does, turns him into Harvick and everybody crashes. Blaney wins the race on in caution. Busher finishes second, but fails inspection. So that means Bubba gets second. And yeah. Let me just say, I was so excited on that last lap because I thought Daniel Suarez might have made the move of the race because he had a run. And he was coming and he had a great pusher and Kurt Busch behind him and they were hooked up. And I didn't think he had a shot to do that. And the run he did on the like I obviously we were there. So I saw it on the track and then we watched the replay and it was even more dramatic because you could see him build up that momentum. And I was just man, I I thought for I was like, he's going to do it like this is going to be it. This is going to be the race. And as soon as he makes that move, he gets clipped, spins Kurt, uh, uh, Kevin Harvick around, and then takes out half the field. So uh, unbelievable yeah, that, finish. That was such a bummer because I, when we were watching the race, uh, Tony, you got on the radio and said, 
look at Suarez. And as soon as I look over and I see Suarez taking that, making that run, that unbelievable run, I was like, oh my word, I froze. But literally with a split of a set within a split of a second, he was turned into Kevin Harvick. Now, I don't think that um, Kurt Busch did that intentionally. In fact, if you see him when um, when Suarez goes down, uh, Kurt Busch tries to go down with him, but he just didn't get down. Like they just did not go down together. And when um, when Kurt Busch came down, he just clipped them in the side in his rear uh, right pan- quarter panel and turned him into uh, Kevin Harvick. So that was extremely disappointing to see that finish because I think it would have been so exciting to see what would have played out had there not been a wreck. So representing I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy, the Swatis shirt today. I'm happy that one of my one of my guys, Ryan Blaney, won. Uh, but, you know, I really want I would have loved to see what have what would have happened um, in that last because that was that was really that was in that was the last turn. It was in turn four and they were coming for the uh, finish line. So, yeah, it was one of those that I wish we could just see what would have happened. All right, boys. So what was your most memorable moment or surprising moment on the track watching this exciting race take place? Honestly, my most surprising moment was. I don't know. I don't know what it was because it was just. What was your most memorable moment? Uh, well, the crashes. All the crap. Anyone in particular? Um, uh, well, I, well, one of my biggest surprises was actually Corey LeJoy up there. I was hoping it was like, come on, Corey, do the face of NASCAR. Literally, his <laughs> face is on his car. And I was hoping it would get it done with his face on his car. But he didn't. Uh, but that, yes, that was a, a surprising run. He got taken out late in the race, right? In yeah, that last uh, lap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Giovanni? I think my most memorable moment was probably just being there because you could feel the energy. No, no, no. We're going to talk about that. I'm talking about the excitement on the track. Like what happened on the track? What was the most memorable moment for you? Uh, I think the most memorable moment was probably seeing Joey doing so well, like fighting up there up front and... Like, I remember even at the start of the race, like, as it started, you could see Joey go up and just fall back. And he ended up, he did that on purpose. And you could tell, but he ended up working his way back up and doing really well in the first two stages. It was sad to see him, like, get uh, taken out, but it was fun. It was a good race. And I think he did really good. Sebastian, what about you? I would have to say that ending the overtime finish was, for me, the most memorable part on the track for me it would have to be um towards the end there seeing uh daniel swat is up at the front and bubba wallace um all up there so that was that was really exciting so now that ryan blaney has won two in a row first time ever he's won multiple races in a year and now he's won three won two in a row how much noise do you think he's going to make in the playoffs honestly well, uh, la- last year he had mistakes in Darlington and then it went downhill from there, got eliminated round of 16. So like he had problems, Darlington, and then just went downhill. So I think he's going to survive the round of 16. He's going to make it to the round of 12. Or he's going to make it to the round of eight. He's going to be a championship four contender. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Let's let's hold our picks. We're going to do that later. I just wanted to, apparently your answer is he's going to make a lot of noise because I'm hearing you take them all the way through the end. So let's hold off on who you think is going to win the championship. Boys, uh, any of you have any thoughts on Ryan Blaney in the playoffs now that he, he's gotten hot? I think it depends because, yeah, he's been doing good. 
but these are different tracks that we're going to be going to throughout the playoffs. So I think it kind of differentiates the playing field here. I think if Blaney can do good at certain tracks, he might be able to uh, make some noise, but I personally don't think he's going to get too far. I think he'll do well, but I don't know if he's going to get far enough to get to the championship four. At least to the round of 12. Maybe. He is number 12. I do think Ryan Blaney could be a, a strong pick, I do, but I do think he's more of a wild card, like someone I don't think people would expect. Like, I have an idea of who people are expecting to win this um, championship, but I think Blaney could be that wild card that throws it all off. I'll have to agree with Sebastian. I think he's going to go pretty far. He's on fire, and uh, he might be surprising a lot of people. All right, well, we'll see how it plays out. All right, so, of course, we said that this was a really exciting week for us uh, because not only did we get to see the race, but we had a really awesome above and beyond experience, something that I think is a once-in-a-lifetime deal for us, uh, the way everything kind of flowed out. So. Who wants to kind of take our audience through what our what our Saturday was like this weekend at Daytona? Honestly, it was amazing. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. And we actually got to meet like some famous people during stage two. It was very fun. I love the experience. We got to come here like uh, like what time was it when we got at the track? I think we got there around two o'clock. And we went there early because we um got interviewed by Estrella Estrella Estrella, Estrella TV of Orlando. Yep. And we got to get and we got interviewed multiple times and we got to go down to the haulers. Yeah, and later um NAS- there were some NASCAR people that were just there to film what we did at the track. Yeah, continuing on with that. We even got to, we did multiple interviews. In fact, we also got to get interviewed by I Am Athlete, right? Yeah, yeah. Who who, who from I Am Athlete did we beat? Brandon Marshall, who is an, uh, an ex UCF Knight and a Chicago Bear football player. And he was drafted the, by the Broncos. And then he played for the Bears. One yep. of their, I think I looked it up and I, I didn't realize this. I knew he was a great bear, but considered one of the top 100 Chicago Bears of all time, which says a lot because the Bears are one of the oldest and most established NFL teams. So they've had some great players. So anyway, unbelievable talent and uh, Bears, pro bowler. The Bears were actually one of the two teams, like, in, uh, and only two teams have been around for, for all of the years in the NFL. The the uh, Chicago Cardinals and the Decatur Staley's, which was the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. There you go with your stats, which comes into play because Johan ended up getting to talk with him and have a really cool interview. It's pretty cool seeing the two connect and talk about NASCAR. Johan uh, hit it off with him and they had a really nice interview. It was really good. I think it was because of Johan we missed most of stage two because him and Brandon Johan did it was, off so yeah, well. Yeah, Johan was schooling him on NASCAR and he was like, yeah, you got to teach me. You got to, you got to, you know, fill me in on all the NASCAR knowledge you have. I, I think everybody was amazed at how much you knew about NASCAR. So afterwards, after the interview, we got to 
take a picture with him, which was pretty cool. And afterwards, when we were about to head back to our seats, we had the wonderful opportunity to meet the NASCAR president, the actual president of NASCAR. Steve Phelps. Yeah, we got to talk with him, take a picture with him. It was really cool getting to see him. And it was honestly just such an honor. Gio, I mean, Johan, how did you feel about that? What was what was it that you said? It was on my bucket list. I always wanted to see the president of NASCAR. And the and of course, we we took the opportunity to tell him about our podcast and the fact that, you know, our mission for the podcast is to really to bring our, our NASCAR to new audiences. And so he was very happy and excited to hear about that and told him about our day. So it was really, really cool for him to take a minute. I mean, the, the race was happening. So we had... We had TVs all around us and we were like, okay, we need to go back to our And seats. then during our interview, literally like uh, Bowman and uh, Armorola go around. It was during stage two because we missed like most of stage two. Yeah. Well, we saw it, but we didn't get we, to see it we from saw it our on scenes. The- and there are parts of it. Yeah, we did miss because yeah. we were up there with them. Yeah. And we did get to see what the suites look like. Yeah, those suites are nice. I can't believe those things exist. I kind of want to watch a race there and yeah. just enjoy it. Sweet life is pretty sweet. Yeah, I thought what was cool was the fact that uh, we were at the sixth level. I didn't even know it went that high. And we actually went through the Trioval Club as well as the uh, Rolex Club just to get there. Uh, and there was actually this beautiful chandelier that is actually all of the tracks that NASCAR owns. And so we we got to see that and and just again, it was it was really cool to be up there and and to meet uh you know these important people and 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 people that are just genuinely excited about the 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 sport. Uh and of course uh NASCAR president Steve Phelps. So that was actually really, really cool. One of the exciting things for me was um we were able to get VIP passes that let us get into like the back of pit row where the haulers are. And we were able to go down there and see some of the drive. We were, we saw some of the drivers before we got down there. We saw Matt Benedetto, and uh, the boys called out to him and he waved. And then while we were down there, we saw, um, Busher. Oh yeah. Bush. Chris Busher was there. Larson passed by. Larson passed by. Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. Who else? Um, we Cole saw Custard. Richard Childers. Cole Custard. Oh, Richard Childers. Um, I think I saw Greg Zipidelli. I'm pretty sure I did. Who's that? Greg Zipidelli. He used to be Tony Stewart's crew chief. And now he works for Stuart Haas. But uh, we got to see some people like up close. It was like, to me, that was one of the most exciting things. And then the other exciting thing for me was seeing the cars going through inspection. So just recently, Johan has been watching when they go into like the inspection tent for, on YouTube. So it was um, it was really neat to see the process. So the cars were lined up on the side. They'd had to go into like this garage thing where they measured the um, spoiler and some of the other things. After they came out of that, they whipped around and went into that tent where they put like these round things on the on the windshield and then on the on the tires and they go through there and they go do their inspection and then the team hauls, you know, drives them out. So that was like super exciting for me to see. That was quite an experience. I'm so excited we got to do that. It's the first time that I've ever been that close up to anybody in NASCAR pit crew guys, owners, race car drivers. Uh, The only thing that I was a little bit sad about is that we didn't get to see any of our favorite drivers up close. I was hoping that Daniel Suarez, you know, would make an appearance and, you know, Joey Logano, he apparently came out a little bit yeah. before we Poor got Gio down. had it, you know, salt rubbed in the wound because we're kind of looking, maybe we'll see him. And then this guy's like, yo, 
Joey Logano fan. He what just he went by and I, he autographed my my uh, VIP lanyard. After so. hearing that, I genuinely got depressed. I was like, all this time, I've been waiting. <laughs> well, but hopefully and I it's missed not, it by hope, 15 minutes. <laughs> hopefully it's not the first or last time that we get to go down there. And maybe next time no. we will be able to see some of our drivers and, you know, get pictures and autographs with them. So... Yeah, wonderful experience. Um, and what's also cool, do. the the uh, drivers have their hero cards, which you guys grabbed a couple. Yeah, Johan, I believe, got all of the Hendrick ones. I didn't I get Byron. I just want to go back to, to like, I just want to drive back to Daytona. Um, uh, Can I get a Byron hero card? Oh, sure, take one. And then I'm just going to drive back home. Yeah, I got a Joey Logano one. It's pretty cool. Uh, did, Sebastian, did you grab any? There was nothing for Kyle Busch. Oh, because you know what? We didn't go. That's the other thing. Because we had, you know, some uh, some commitments with NASCAR and they wanted to, you know, record us and all that, we didn't get to spend the entire time in, in the garage. And so the section we were at, I didn't see Kyle Busch's trailer um, or hero cards. I don't think it was in that area. No, I don't so. think it was in that area. We did get to see some of the cars up close who were that were in the garage, like in, in the back of the garage. Like to, uh, Giovanni took a picture with Joey. Like we were up close to his car. We were like up close to the tires. We saw the... Um, Whose tires were they? It was the Stuart Haas, but I don't remember. It was um, Eric, um, Eric Armorola's tires yeah. were all there. So, yeah. So that was pretty cool. It was really neat experience um, to be up close and personal with everything NASCAR down there. All right. So now I'm going to ask you, what was your most memorable moment for you this weekend? Starting with Gio. I think just being there. And getting to go into the infield and all of the special areas with the VIP passes, going up into the trialville club and even the suites was really cool. But I think my favorite thing was just the excitement, the raw excitement you could feel in the stands when you're just standing there and sitting watching the race. You can feel the rumble of the cars as they just fly past you and you can hear the roars and the excitement. It's it's a really cool experience. Johan? Honestly, mine was like actually getting to see the sweets. And then we actually got to see what like Steve Latar, Dale Jr., and all those guys like are like. And it was so cool. And then talking to Brandon Marshall, um, seeing Steve Phelps. And then it's got to be like also like getting to go down right there by the haulers. And getting the VIP passes. Because I remember we got like the UF fan zone thing. But I saw like, um, I was like, I saw we couldn't go to like the haulers. And I was like, man, I, I wish we could go to the haulers. You're talking and, about years past when we've gone to the fan zone. We yep. Were, and that's a dream come true. Yeah, it was. Sebastian? I definitely have to say the lounge was really great. I I know it's, we've all said it. But like I've never really I've never experienced something like that at a NASCAR track. It was nice. I want to go back again. Uh, for me, I think it was the opportunity that we were given to feel like VIPs, to feel special, to have the opportunity to go down to uh, be up and close to the uh, NASCAR drivers and all the crew, and then to be able to meet um, Brandon Marshall and the president of NASCAR. Like that's not something that happens all the time you know, to regular folks <laughs> like us. So that was really be, being uh, feeling special was was my favorite part. So what about you, Tony? So for me, honestly, I think it was two things. I know I'm, I'm kind of cheating. It wasn't just one. The first was earlier in the day watching your mom 
holding court, it being interviewed about NASCAR and why NASCAR is so important. Our family and doing it in Spanish. I mean, we've talked about that my Spanish isn't the greatest. I, I probably uh, could practice a little bit more. But your mom, that was her first language. And to just see her just talk about NASCAR and to to a new audience, hopefully, uh, I thought that was like super cool. And to do that in Daytona was awesome. Then the second, I think, was honestly, Johan, it was watching you hold court with Brandon Marshall. I mean, you had cameras. That was the other thing, too. Like, you had two cameras, one pointed at him, one pointed at you. And you guys just had a conversation like the cameras weren't even there, which is actually the coolest part of it. And you guys had like a real conversation, like in all honesty, like I can say what you and Brandon did. If if we didn't have any cameras there, you guys probably would have had the same conversation. Like he was genuinely interested, it seemed to us, and what you had to say. And you were interested in, in talking to him about it and he and just as excited to, to you know, to hold court with them. So I just. I was super proud of seeing all of you guys, um, but I think those two moments kind of crystallized for me why this was such an awesome experience for us. So, all right, I think I think that that was our unbelievable Coke Zero Four Hundred experience. I have one more thing to say. I actually got to drink something from my sweet. Yeah, you did, right? They they were kind enough to ask us when we want anything, and I think you had a Sprite. And I actually joked about it during the interview. You were, like, drinking the Sprite like the drivers do. If you want to see any of our experience, I'll make sure to edit the vlog that we were working on, and hopefully that can be up within a few weeks. I'll try my best. Yeah, you, you, you do have school, so you got to manage that and everything else you got going on. But, yes, you had said you are going to take that on, so I'm excited for you to do that and – and actually learn. That's also part of why we're doing this podcast to learn kind of new things. And uh, you'll you'll learn how to to create a vlog with all the content we created. So, yeah, we got a lot of great video. I'm hoping to maybe even I'll do a, a couple of TikTok videos. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it's time to talk about where we're going next week. Well, we're not going. Oh, you're right. You're right. Where is NASCAR going next week? Next week, the playoff begins. The first race of 10 is at Darlington Raceway for the Cookout Southern 500. So Darlington is going to be the first race of the playoffs. What do you guys think about that? Honestly, I really like it. I'm excited. Darlington's a fun track. And so even though we already have throwback weekends, for uh throwback weekend um for the Goodyear 400, we're gonna still have throwbacks from last week. So there's no practice or qualifying for this race, and um this is the second Darlington race of the year. This is also Labor Day weekend, so it's the Labor Day weekend race, and so it's also fun. going to be Geo Geo's birthday. That's right. It's Gio's birthday the day after Darlington. Yep, I'm gonna be 14 next time we do a podcast episode. Yay! <laughs> clap, clap, clap. By the way, if you are, if you are, if you want to sing him a song before he turns 14, sing it now. I don't know if we're doing any singing on this one. All right, so now let's get in to our race picks. It's the Let's Go Racing picks of the week. All right, so it's time to make our picks for Darlington, the second race at Darlington this year. Karen, 
Since you have been leading this entire season, you get to make the pick first. Who do you have winning at Darlington? Ooh, at Darlington, who am I going to pick? I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to pick Kyle Busch to win at Darlington and uh, punch his way into the next round. Kyle Busch. Well, you know what's appropriate? Sebastian actually tied me this week. And that means you're going second. So, Mr. Kyle Bush himself, who are you picking? Unfortunately, you can't be Kyle Bush to win in Darlington. Well, I'm going to go with the other Kyle. Kyle Larson is going to be my pick. Kyle Larson. All right. I think that means that I'm next. And so, I, you know what? I didn't give this one enough thought. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with another Penske driver that, you know, they've been doing well. I think Brad Keselowski is going to take home a victory in Darlington and move on to the next level in the playoffs. Giovanni? Sweet and easy. Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. Can't argue with that. Although it would be a big win for him. It would be win number one after 27 races, which is unheard of that that has taken him this long to win. All right, Johan, who do you have winning? All right, so uh, so last time I picked Brad Keselowski when he shot the outside the top twenty. Brad, you think I'm gonna redeem you? No, I'm not. So I'm gonna pick his teammate. So um, it's gonna be a number two, but out of one. Let's go, Ryan Blaney to win three in a row. Wow, Ryan Blaney. All right, if that happens, he has got to be the favorite to win NASCAR's championship, which is it's a pretty tall order. All right, those are our picks for Darlington this weekend, the cookout Southern, Southern 500. 500. I want to make sure I got that right. So yeah, Darlington. All right. So we're going to make our championship picks as well. We had actually a friend of the family and a, a longtime listener to the podcast who actually saw at the track. Uh, it was crazy too. The little crazy story. We actually didn't talk about where our seats were going to be. I knew he was going to be there because he's always there, and and a couple of other friends of ours um, that that are always at the track. And we actually ended up buying seats on the other side of start finish. Usually, we're on the back side, kind of looking down towards start finish line. So we were in different seats. We're walking up to our section, and again, as we talked about earlier, we had the NASCAR productions team kind of following us up and whatnot. So I'm kind of thinking about that, and I hear my name. Someone's like, Tony, and I'm thinking, okay, nobody knows me. I mean, I'm, the NASCAR folks were with us, but like no one else that I was talking about. I look up and there's my friend, Matt, and a couple of other guys. So it was, it, you know, uh, it was crazy to see. And we all ended up getting seats, like literally a couple rows away from each other. So anyway, he had a great idea, which was for us to make our race pick for the championship. So we're going to lock it in. So whoever we say wins a championship that's it. We're not adjusting. So if that guy doesn't make it to the next round, then we're done. So uh, we actually, so mom and I was talking about how we're going to do this. Um, we didn't want to kind of influence each other. So everybody had to have in their mind who they thought was going to win the championship. So we're going to start with our leader of race picks, which is mom. She's going to go first and then we'll actually go down the line, Sebastian, Johan, and then Giovanni. Okay, so, so go like, with mom. So like Tony said, we previously picked 
without anybody knowing. So this isn't influenced by anybody and we didn't like decide on, you know, by seeing each other. So this is all on our own. And so as Sebastian mentioned earlier, I'm going with a wild card. And I think he's, since he's on fire, I think he might surprise everybody and knock the favorites out. I'm going with Ryan Blaney to win the championship. I knew it. All right. I'm just, I was supposed to go last. Uh, that's who I actually picked too. I did not think that's who mom was going to pick. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. But one of my then picks. again, she's wearing a Ryan Blaney shirt. So, okay. All right. So let's go. So <laughs> that's who I had down to. Um, I think we're, I got to pick somebody else. So I'm going to let the boys go and then I'll pick somebody else. All right. Sebastian. For me, I picked Kyle Larson. Not only has he probably been the strongest driver this season, he's, I think he's got the most wins. And if he keeps that up, He's definitely going to Phoenix and winning that championship. So, Cal Larson for me. All right. I, I, next time you got to use bigger ink because I don't think the cameras picked that up. But all right, yeah. Kyle Larson. Johan. Honestly, so so think about the Hendricks. Kyle Larson's taken. And then Alex Bowman has three wins. Chase Elliott is the defending cup champion. But you're forgetting one driver, that number 24. He only has two career wins. But I think he may be a champion this year. Let's go, William Byron. Wow, William Whoa, Byron! Oh, you that, went with William Byron. That's a, that that would be a, a surprising wow, champion. Johan. That's not who I would have thought you would have picked. All right, Giovanni. This pick's gonna seem a little bit obvious, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's gonna be Joey Logano. I think he's got a good shot. I think he's been a little bit, you know, a little bit. Uh, shy the season but i think he's going to pick something up in the playoffs and potentially pull off a second championship i would not be surprised if he does that uh the year he won his championship he didn't have he had better years prior and you thought i mean that's why it was so disappointing that he didn't win he only received three wins in 2018 which is the season he won his championship and and yet he, he had one win he won the wins to- he had to win to get into the race to the championship and then he won the championship race. He only had one win coming to the playoffs. Yeah. So, so it really does show maybe you might not have the best amount of wins, but you may be the one to do it. Yeah. You just got to know you got to do it at the right time. So, all right. I actually had Ryan Blaney down, but I'm going to have to pick somebody different. Otherwise, you and I are going to end up, which, by the way, we're going to get 25 bonus points for whoever wins. And that will determine in addition to whatever our championship points are for our race picks. So here's the deal. I had Ryan Blaney, uh, but I'm if it's okay, I'm going to pick another guy. That's fine. If uh, you want to pick another guy or keep Blaney, that's fine. So I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. And here's why. He hasn't won yet, and the but he's had a great year. If this was old school NASCAR, he would be, I think he's like second, he would be a second in points um, coming out of the regular season. And he has been consistently knocking on the door. So yes, he hasn't had a great year. Like Kevin Harvick hasn't had a great year, but Kevin Harvick hasn't been consistently near the front. How did chance he to lock win. himself in the playoffs? Who? Points. Harvick. Harvick. I mean, he hasn't had a great year by his standards, uh, but he's had a, a really good year. He's a decent year. And so that's why, I mean, he had the, you know, most points out of the drivers that didn't make, uh, that didn't actually win. Uh, but I think Danny Hamlin is going to do it. I think he, that's the one thing he needs for his Hall of Fame career. And again, it's not like he's going to retire anytime soon. But I do think the man has won everything. He knows when to put it on. And he's in the playoffs. 
And I think that team's going to surprise a lot of people. And it's going to remind a lot of people, like Tony Stewart, the year he won his first championship with Haas, uh, it, because he came into the playoffs, and I don't think he had won anything, but he made the playoffs. Or he may have won like once. But then he got hot, and he won like five out of the ten races in the playoffs and ended up winning the championship. I think that was 2011 because 2002 didn't have the playoff was format it, yet. 20, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was his first championship. It was the second one. Third. So so that's what I think is going to happen. I think – I don't know if Danny Hamlin's going to win five, but I do think he's going to get some wins. He's not going to go this year without a win. And if you win in the playoffs, you're guaranteed to go to the next round. So we'll see how that goes. Well, All right. Honestly, actually, so between Harvick – Hamlin and Chase wins last year. They had 21 in total. This year, only two. With and who are those two? Chase, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. There you go. I'm honestly surprised nobody picked Elliott or Kurt Busch. Yeah, especially Chase Elliott's your favorite driver. What's going on? And Kyle Busch. All right, so just so you know, my mom and I, I wrote down who I thought everyone was going to pick. And I honest, I thought mom was going to pick Kyle Larson because he's like the hottest driver right now. Mm -hmm. I thought each of you were going to pick your favorite drivers. And it would have been wrong and it would have been strong picks. You would have had, you would have had Kurt Busch, uh, Kyle Busch, sorry, Sebastian, <laughs> Kyle Busch. You would have had uh, Chase Elliott and then you would have had Joey Logano. But that's not how you guys picked it. So anyway. All right. This was our show. So exciting. Um, again, we're still kind of finding our way with YouTube and doing this video. It's a, it's a, another level of complexity we haven't done before. So, um, anyway, we're, but we enjoy it. I think it's actually kind of cool. So hopefully this one comes together this week and, uh, like Giovanni has promised us, he's going to get us some vlog video, a vlog video of our experience, uh, to show you some of the cool access that we had this past weekend. I'm working on it. Yeah, famous last words. All right, with that, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for watching on in. Consider subscribing, checking out all of our socials, and downloading our podcast episode. Let's go, Racing Family, out.